Now, you all have known me for a while, and for a long time now, you've been hearing me talk about being perfect. Well, I want you to understand something. To me, being perfect, it's not about winning. Being perfect is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know that you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And that truth is, is that you did everything that you could. There wasn't one more thing that you could have done. Can you live in that moment as best you can with clear eyes and love in your heart? This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Sonny, so often we get into these discussions about Desert Island albums, but a lot of times we also talk about not quite perfect albums or almost perfect albums. And so this episode, we're going to get into basically what we're calling the worst of the best, which essentially is a horrible song on an otherwise killer record. Yeah, there's a few out there, right? There's, uh, we'll talk about what kind of prevents a perfect album for me. And sometimes it's other things besides like a bad song or whatever. For me, if I skip the song or if I could just not handle it, or some of the ones I'm going to share with you today, just flat out just piss me off that it's even on that album. Damn, piss me off. I was pissed off to the highest of pissivity. Those are the ones that I can't let go, and those are the five I'm going to talk about today. Yeah, so what else is going on with your uh, with your bad self? What's happening in your world? Uh, nothing. Just waiting for the Kiss Cruise. Hopefully that happens. Um, and uh, working. Basically, that's it. I just came back from a Vegas trip, so you know we'll have another one probably in January when we go to Kiss in Vegas, so that'll be fun. Kiss in Vegas once again. Kiss in Vegas once again. January 29th, if anybody wants to join us. It is going to be a blast. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, nothing new here, just uh, going through the motions. So it's all good. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes to us from Hardcore Superstar. Hardcore Superstar, HCSS, as they're often known. 
another band from Sweden. They've been around for a long time, though. They're not a new band at all. This band, you know, they got a lot of stuff that's sort of hit or miss for me. But overall, I think they're really good live. I've seen them live now three times, twice on the Monsters of Rock Cruise and once here in Atlanta. So I kind of dig the overall band as a whole. Check out this tune off their upcoming release called Abracadabra. The tune is called Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, hardcore superstar, I've tried them, and for some reason, they just haven't connected with me yet. I think I need like a super fan to go through their albums and give me a top 10 I should listen to. I like this song. Uh, Jock sounds good, right? The pace is great. So I'm going to give the new album a shot. But uh, everything I've heard so far in the past has just been kind of meh, and I don't exactly know why. Yeah, and they're releasing this song really far in advance because this record is actually supposed to come out March of 2022. So next year, March, it just seems like a really long lead time to release a single. And I know they're going to release a couple more, probably two, three more. Who knows? That's the way they do things nowadays. But hopefully, maybe they'll make Monsters of Rock next year. You never know. They kind of add things as time goes along and i know there's a lot of fans that would love to see them and they're great live so if you get a chance to see them live definitely check them out 
But yeah, that's the new one from Hardcore Superstar. Catch me if you can off the upcoming release, Abracadabra on Golden Robot Records. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. So I wanted to start with kind of what prevents a perfect album for me. So sometimes it's a production thing and I can't get past it, like Hotter Than Hell, right? I can listen to Hotter Than Hell, but then I get really mad that the production's so bad and the songs are so good that it just makes me mad and I can't listen to it all the time. Sometimes it's an instrumental. Right. So a lot of the times I think, you know, just instrumentals are lazy. They're unnecessary. I'll give it a break when it's like Mr. Scary on back for the attack, but I don't have any Momstein perfect albums, desert Island albums, because there's a bunch of instrumentals. I'm like, come on, dude. Like it's just lazy. Like put lyrics on it and see if you can get a full song out of it or not. And I'm not a musician. So maybe that's why I feel that way. Sometimes all the songs are great, but then I got to be in the right mood to be able to deal with a singer. Right. So like out of the cellar. 10 great songs. It's still not a perfect album to me because there's only certain days I can stand Stephen Piercy. Believe it or not, Alice Cooper Trash. I love that album. Alice Cooper fans hate that album because it's 80s Alice. But I got to be in the mood to listen to Alice. And then, of course, there's the albums that it's got 9 or 10 good tracks. And then there's one track that I cannot get past. And it's on there and they put it on there and it just does not grow on me no matter how many times I hear it. What prevents a perfect album for you? To be honest, you know me, I could have done all the perfect records that are prevented or probably prevented because of a ballad. (laughs) I mean, that's just easy for me, but I try to go much further than that in this episode. And just there are certain songs that maybe don't sit with me the right way. And it's because of a riff. It's usually not because of the singer, because if there's a record that's almost perfect to me and I love let's say nine out of 10 songs, it's not because the singer, because then I I like the singer as well. It's got to be because there's something about that 10th song. And I'm just using that as an example, 10 songs, but there's got to be something about that 10th song that just doesn't sit right with me. Maybe it's a really horrible melody. Maybe it's a horrible course. Maybe it's the riff I don't like. It sits funky with my ear. So it's usually one or all of those things that prevents me from having a perfect album. So we figured we share about five each. I'm going to start. I'm going to share a couple with you. My first one is by House of Lords off their self-titled album. Released in 88, it was on Gene Simmons' record label. Bands had a lot of member changes over the years, but at this point, you got James Christian on vocals, you got Greg Shufria on keys, got Lanny Cordola on guitar, Chuck Wright on bass, Ken Mary on drums. A great band. You got Andy Johns producing. So obviously, they're set up to be great. It's an awesome album. It's got some of my favorite songs on it, Looking for Strange, Pleasure Palace, Slip of the Tongue. I mean, the overall album is just an awesome listen. And then... This song called Under Blue Skies comes. And it's just this basically really bad movie theme type songs. Like it's just a song that just pisses me off every time I even talk about it. I just, I don't like the bagpipe feeling keyboard thing Greg's doing. Like, I just don't get it. You remember this song? Have you heard this song? So I didn't know this song. The first House of Lords record isn't one of my favorite records by them. In fact, I kind of passed by House of Lords when they had that debut out and they hooked me with Sahara. That's when I got into them. So I didn't know this song. I had to go try and find it. I couldn't find this song for a while. I ended up finding a live version of it. And I <laughs> I hear exactly what you're talking about on the live version. It's uh, the same thing. So I kind of understand where you're coming from from uh with this song yeah it's not a great song that's for sure the second one i, t- I want to talk about motley 94 so this is the record that is john Carabi on vocals right so finally a real singer it's my favorite motley album i get it if you're a motley fan you're like how dare you have a favorite motley album that isn't first shout at the devil and second doesn't have vince on it but you know they got bob rock producing here incredible songs like uncle jack hammered misunderstood many 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 others until you get to song six which is a total oddball on the album it's so bad i can't even get through it anymore i've tried a ton of times it's got the shitty breakdown in the middle it does not help it's that shitty song poison apples 
Hey kids, this is John Karabi, and I'm hanging with Sunny Hollywood Pony, and you're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast. Turn it up, kids. See ya. Us, and you loved us and i'm just like oh my i really really do not like this song and it doesn't go with all the other songs that are on that album like they should have just dropped it on the cutting room floor completely yeah you're high <laughs> i don't hate this song i like this song i don't know that it's one of my favorites on the record but it's not a bad song i know what part you're talking about yeah it doesn't bother me i like this tune so <laughs> i don't know what to tell you that's because you'll listen to anything. You don't care. I listen to you. Oh, yeah. oh, trust me. I'm the one paying the price listening to you. You ain't paying no price. <laughs> oh, I beg to differ, dear sir. <laughs> All right. So let me get into my two because one of them I know for a fact is going to piss you off. <laughs> so I'm a huge Dio fan, especially those first three records. The first two records can do no wrong. The third record, Sacred Heart, I liked a lot as well, but there's a couple things on there that are a little bit wrong. But anyway, Holy Diver is damn near a perfect record. It would be a Desert Island record for me. Until you get to the end, there is something about Shame on the Night I just don't dig. I think it's the riff. I think it's the slow-moving kind of progression. I just... I don't like that song. That song does not sit well with me. And to be honest, Egypt, the chains are on off of Last in Line, which is the last song on that record, is sort of similar. I don't know what it is about Dio and the end of those two records, because everything up until that point kicks ass. It's awesome. I love Holy Diver and Last in Line all the way to the very end. And then you get to the very end. At least with Egypt, Chains are on. It's a little bit more of a kind of Zeppelin-y feel. So it's not as offensive. But Shame on the Night, I just don't love it. Extreme, Porno Graffiti. Sonny and I have talked about this record at crazy levels. I mean, we both love this record. But what the hell is up with When I First Kissed You? That song is, which one is not like the others? That song is definitely not like the others. And okay, I get it. it. He's just trying to be a little kitschy. It's just kind of a, you know, it's a, it's like Big Bad Bill's Sweet William Now on a Van Halen record. I kind of get that, but I don't really think that's what they're known for. So it's a little bit weird when they do it. 
And the rest of Pornography is so great that when I first kissed you is just kind of weird to me and out of place. And it's not something that I would listen to all the way through when it's on there. I, I uh, skip it. So that's my two. All right. So shame on the night. I get it. It's just, it's slow and it's prodding. And I'm like, where are we going with this? Yeah. So I, I don't think that's a great song either. Invisible's not great either. Ooh. That thing's got a couple of clunkers. I love Invisible. The deal records for me, no matter which deal record it is, has at least two clunkers on every record, it feels like. God, so not those first two records, not for me. Uh, Extreme, I'm just going to tell you, it must be complete hell being married to your dumbass, non-romantic ass. I know what you're asking yourself, and the answer is yes. I have a nickname for my penis. It's called the Octagon, but I also nickname my testes. My left one is James Westfall, and my right one is Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. You ladies play your cards right, you just might get to meet the whole gang. This song is so beautiful. Oh my God. This song will get you laid. I don't understand what the what your fucking problem is. This album is perfect. You are a smelly pirate hooker. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? Dude, if I want to get laid, I'll throw on some Sinatra or something like that. I'm not throwing on freaking porno graffiti when it goes from what what's the song before this? I don't remember. It's, I don't it's have something's it good, but anyway, I don't know. It's out of place on this record. I don't dig it. If I'm gonna play something that's gonna get me laid, it ain't gonna be porno graffiti anyway. Well, I can tell you it ain't gonna be shame on the night either, because <laughs> it won't be done by the time he's through the first bars. Who would wanna play that to get <laughs> laid? That's not getting you laid by anybody, including the dog. Why are we talking about what's getting us laid? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Let's take a split second out here to recognize the folks in the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. If you haven't heard about our private Facebook group over there, it's called the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. We encourage you to join the group so that we can talk more about different topics that we have going on with the podcast, episodes that have come out, just different feedback. It's a, it's a really easy way to communicate with us, basically. We also share just different music coming out, different videos that might pop up, uh, concerts, various stuff. It's just, it's a positive forum to talk about rock and roll. That's the easiest way I can put it. You know, we don't chastise you for uh, liking certain things. Everybody's entitled to their opinions. So we kind of try to keep it positive. So come on over to the Loud Minority Facebook group and join up. Along with that, Hey, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. And if you guys want to do us a favor, the best way you can do that for free is just go leave us a five-star review over there at Apple Podcast or at Podchaser. And that helps out the show. The more five-star reviews we get, the further we head up the rankings and uh, suggestions and uh, people hear about the podcast in that way. So that definitely helps us. That's my public service announcement for this episode. Now let's get back to the discussion at hand. For my next two, one could have been saved by some of the bonus tracks that were released later on. One would have been actually worse if the bonus track was released later on. So my first one is Ozzy Osbourne, No Rest for the Wicked. My favorite Ozzy album, I came in during the Zach era. It is what it is. Ozzy's fifth album, 1988. You got Unbearded Zach on guitar. You got Bob Daisley on bass, Randy Castillo on drums, and John Sinclair on keys. You got Roy Thomas Baker and Keith Olsen producing the album, so it's absolutely set up for success. So then you get these killer songs, Miracle Man, Devil's Daughter, Bloodbath and Paradise. So you figure you have just an amazing album, and you do, until the eighth song that has just a brutal pre-chorus and chorus that is absolutely unlistenable, which is Demon Alcohol. And Zach tries to save the song with his guitar. It's so bad, Zach can't even save it. 
then when they re-released it, they put a bonus track on it called The Liar. Oh my God, that's 10 times worse because that's slow, Ozzy, right? So even the bonus track wouldn't have saved this thing. Do you remember this song? I think you actually like this song. I like this record. So the one thing that we do agree on is that we both like No Rest for the Wicked a lot. You know, this is a record that gets dissed by a lot of Aussie fans for whatever reason. I'm not even sure why, but uh, I like this record quite a bit. What an introduction to Zach Wilde. So Demon Alcohol, yes, I like it. I like the riff. To your point, it's fast Aussie and not slow Aussie, and that's Anything that's not slow Ozzy is a good Ozzy, in my opinion. <laughs> so I do like the riff. I understand what you're saying. It's definitely not the best course in the world. And it probably could have a little bit more time could probably have been spent on making this song really awesome. But I do dig the music to this song. And a lot of the time, that's what it is for me, because I'm not a huge lyric person, as I pointed out in many other episodes. So I don't skip demon alcohol when it comes on. And my next one is Winger, self-titled, again from 1988. So obviously 1988, since three of my albums are from 1988, I was pissed off a lot, obviously. But you got Kip Winger on vocals and bass, you got Red Beach on guitar, Paul Taylor on keyboards, and Rod on drums. So the nice thing about this first Winger album is it's in the vein of what's on the charts at the time, but it's kind of got this like musicianship that a lot of the other bands didn't have. And it's got some really unique melodies that some of the other bands didn't have. I think a lot of that had to do with Winger being in uh, Alice Cooper and bringing some of that along with them. So that works. Nine incredible, incredible tracks. This would be a Desert Island album if it was not for that shitty song called Poison Angel. It is so bad. shy yi Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It's like they're trying to do like a warrant slash poison ripoff and it does not work. And you know, there's no way CC could play on a sober day, anything that Reb is doing, but Reb can't save the song. Now there was a bonus song on the CD called higher, higher. Oh my God. That song is a thousand percent better than this shit bag that they left on the album. They should have cut it. 
people normally don't like the purple haze that's on that album. I actually like the purple haze that's on that album because it introduced me to Jimi Hendrix. So I actually like it. But uh, you like this shitty song? So the good news is, is once again, we both agree that the debut winger record is a great record. But it's not Poison Angel that ruins it for me. Because, yes, I don't mind Poison Angel. I do agree with you. Higher, higher and Higher is probably a better tune. But I can't stand that Hendrix version of Purple Haze. It's freaking awful. So that actually is what prevents it being a perfect album for me is that Hendrix tune. Yeah, I don't mind that tune because, like I said, I wouldn't even know who Jimi Hendrix is if it wasn't for that tune kind of introducing me and then going backwards. And I really like Hendrix. I know we got friends that absolutely can't stand Hendrix at all, (laughs) but uh, I actually enjoy it. Here's a hint, Jack Off. Why don't you do some research and learn about Hendrix before wetting Kip Winger's version of Purple Haze tell you who Hendrix is? Come on, man. Dude, it was 1988. I'm sorry you were already 33 by then. I was only 18. 43. So let me get into this. Let me first start off by saying, Van Halen, I'm a huge fan. We've spent the entire year going through every Van Halen studio record. So my fandom of Van Halen is obviously a proven thing. However... <laughs> Women and Children First, which is a great record. It's classic Dave. Loss of Control is just a mess. I don't love Torah Torah going into Loss of Control. I don't know. There's just something about that song that does not sit right with my ears. I just think it's a mess that was thrown together. I know they can do much better. Hell, they had stuff in the vaults that was much better than that. So. Why not House of Pain or something that we know was around at that time rather than that song? So I'm not a big fan of Loss of Control off of Women and Children First. ACDC, again, I'm a huge ACDC fan. If you've listened to the show, you know this, okay? But the one thing that ACDC does that I'm not a huge fan of, and it doesn't matter whether it's Brian Johnson or Bon Scott, although they did much more of this type stuff with Bon Scott, is the slow kind of bluesy songs. I'm not a huge fan of that stuff. It gets a little old. So Highway to Hell, damn near a perfect record for me. Love, love, love that record. But I don't love Night Prowler. And I know that may be like sacrilegious to some ACDC fans out there, but I'm just not a huge fan of Night Prowler. So that kind of prevents it. I kind of, once I get to Night Prowler, which is at the end of the record, I just move on to the next ACDC record. So those are my two tunes. Loss of Control, I'm with you. It's too weird. But for me, Could This Be Magic is not great either on that record. So that's not the only thing on that record that's stopping me. See, I love Could This Be Magic. I I just think it feels good. I mean, it's one of those little quirky tunes that Van Halen does, but I like it. I like the feel of it, and I like the lyrics, uh, and it's just a fun song. Night Prowler, I got a couple problems with. One, it's just too slow. So I took it, I threw it in Audacity, and sped it up 25%, and it was still too slow. (laughs) Like, that's how slow that damn song is. But my other problem with it is I can't separate the Richard Ramirez thing, right? Like, that... It happened during my childhood and I'm not going to be able to like, forget about that. And I can't separate the song from that. And this whole, you know, the music made me kill all these people. Dude, come on, dude, that's all BS, right? But uh, forever Night Prowler is going to have that hanging over it. But Love Hungry Man is way worse, way worse. Even Angus said, I must've written that after a bad night of pizza. You can blame me for that song. And I do blame Angus. Because that song's way worse. Do you remember that song? I do remember that song. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. I get it. Uh, It's not one of the better ones on the record, but I don't hate it. I'm a love, 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 hungry man. Then I like the little doon, 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 doon. You don't like the little bass thing in the the middle of that? No? No. (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. Oh, shit. We're going to play that right here. (laughs)
All right, so I got one more left before we get to the historic moment. My next one is from Dockin' Tooth and Nail. So released in 84, Dockin' releases their second album, Tom Warman and Roy Thomas Baker sharing producing. And I tolerate that instrumental in the beginning because it's George Lynch. And I remember this was the first album I heard from Dockin', and In My Dreams is what connected me to it. The song after song after song is just awesome on that record. And then you get to track five, Don't Close Your Eyes. And the melody is written so bad that I forgot Lynch was on the record. I was having a hard time just even listening to Lynch over that shitty thing that Dawkins was singing. And I'm like, oh my God, tell me songs six through 10 are not the same way. And then that song ended and you got another five awesome songs. The crazy thing about Dawkins for me is Under Lock and Key has 10 awesome songs, Desert Island Disc. Back for the Attack, 10 awesome songs, Desert Island Disc. So if this shitty song did not exist on Tooth and Nail, there would have been a threefer between 84 and 87 that they got three Desert Island albums for me. Tooth and Nail is awesome. This song is not. When was the last time you heard Don't Close Your Eyes? And I'll tell you, even the kicks one's not that great, but it's a lot better than this. The damn mayor is on the pipe. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? That is the most embarrassing shit ever. Caught red-handed, too. Red-handed, piping hands. Huh? So out of everything that you've got on your list, this is the one where I literally think that you shot up heroin because this song is awesome. This might be one of my favorite songs on Tooth & Nail. And I love Tooth & Nail. Tooth & Nail probably is a perfect record for me. I have to look at the track listing again, but don't close your eyes. Like, I, what do you... Uh, anyway, it's terrible. You would like it. That proves my theory even more than I believed it before. This song kicks ass. No, it does not. I used to go see a cover band that played this song all the time because it was killer. I don't understand what you don't like about this song. It's what Don's doing. The melody is complete shit. I don't even think the melody's that bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> you went from it's a great song to I don't even think the melody's that bad. Is it good or not? No, yeah. I mean, it's it's good. The melody is okay. I, it's not what makes the song. What makes the song for me is the damn uh, riff.
No, that's not what makes a song for me. Man. The songs that people remember in life when it's top 40 pop, R&B, it is the melodies that people remember. I love Don't Close Your Eyes. Wow. You would. I am right and you are wrong, Poonie. I hope Jen punches you while you're sleeping tonight. <laughs> I hope that you have to listen to Halloween on repeat over You and over. better not close your eyes when you're sleeping tonight because Jen is going to punch you. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's the last song I'm going to share with you. And I'm sharing some from bands that I love. Iron Maiden. And there's a lot in their later catalog not to love for me personally, but I'm going to take something off of their bang zone of rock and roll for me. For me, Maiden, I go all the way from the first record to Killers to Number of the Beast to Peace of Mind to Power Slave. I love all of that Maiden. You can even throw Somewhere in Time in there uh, for me as well. But Peace of Mind... Such a great album. Where Eagles Dare, Flight of Icarus, Trooper, just some great shit on Peace of Mind. But then you get to, and we've talked about this, other podcasters have talked about this. This has been a source of topic. We'll call it the Dinosaur Song. The name of the song is actually Quest for Fire. That's an awful song. I'm not a fan of Quest for Fire off of Peace of Mind. And Peace of Mind pretty much is a perfect record for me, minus this song. So, yeah. Quest for Fire, Peace of Mind, no. Say no to the T-Rex. So, it further proves my point. Bass and guitar is awesome on that song, but it's the lyrics and melody that do it. And that's what kills that song. But I'll tell you, that ain't the worst song on that album. To Tame a Land is worse because it's twice as long. So, they wasted... More than enough time between these two songs, 10 minutes at the tail end of the album that are just complete shit. To Tame a Land is not great. I would agree with you on that as well. But I think Quest for Fire is probably a little bit worse than To Tame a Land. There's some sections in To Tame a Land that are, that are pretty good. But overall, uh, I don't disagree with you, which sucks because there are so many songs on that record that are killer. And to be honest, probably when I, when I, bought this record and i was a kid i probably didn't mind quest for fire and to tame a land but now that i'm you know in my 50s it's kind of dumb <laughs> so i had a few that just missed my top five here did you have any that missed that you were thinking about putting on there and you kind of changed your mind and took it off i i didn't think no i didn't think that far ahead share yours though Skid Row, Slave to the Grind, Mud Kicker. I know there's a bunch of those songs you don't like off Slave to the Grind because of the slow stuff. Yeah. Dude, Mud Kicker sucks. I love the riff in Mud Kicker. I love the heaviness and the riff. Yeah, there's a lot of the stuff that I don't like on Slave to the Grind is the is the slow shit. I don't like Darkened Room and Quicksand Jesus and there's another one on there too. Wasted Time, dude. I love that song. Wasted Time. Like the rock and stuff on Slave to the Grind is awesome. Uh, the second one, Fraley's Comet. Dude, that first album is so great. And then there's this shitty song called Dolls. I love my dolls. Right? I'm like, what dude is that? Yeah, that's a pretty shitty song. I don't, I don't uh, disagree with you on that one. On Eat Em and Smile. So I'll forgive some of those you know, covers and stuff he's doing. But dude, Big Trouble is not good. When was the last time you heard Big Trouble off of Eat Him and Smile? Uh, I think I like Big Trouble. I'm trying to picture that one in my head. That's not a uh, Elephant Gun is the one I like a lot. Oh, I like that one. I like that I one. I like that one a lot. Big Trouble is, uh, God, I can't. It's not good. Yeah, try it out. Try it out. You'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. And then the last one, and I, this one almost made one of the ones I was going to talk about. So I really like Judas Priest Turbo because that's when I came in. But dude, Hot for Love is not good. That's where I'm like, all right, I get it. People don't like Turbo Lover or Parental Guidance or they don't like some of that stuff. I'm like, that stuff is actually pretty good. It's this Hot for Love. Like, I do not like that song. <laughs> you don't like being Hot for Love? I like being Hot for Love. I don't like the way Rob's singing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah rob's gonna give him some pooty action <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> all right so you know we always connected to kiss you wanted the best but you got the best the hottest band in the world kiss
It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. For the historic moment, I could have went with a bunch of Kiss albums because there's only, I think there's only one that I really consider Desert Island. And then all the other albums have like, it's either a production issue. There's one song that I just am so tired of, or there's just a one or two songs I can't handle. So the one I went with is we're going to go with 77's Love Gun. So most fans right now immediately are thinking about, oh yeah, yeah. Then she kissed me. That's terrible. And in my eyes, that ain't the worst song on the album. I can tolerate that song because it's just a cheesy cover. Who the fuck is Sonny Pony? But after rockers like I Stole Your Love, Love Gun, Hooligan, Shock Me, and a host of others, how in the hell can you put this shitty song on the album? So for your listening pleasure, here's the shitty song I'm talking about that stops it from being a Desert Island album for me. And if you don't like the song, just hit that little 30-second forward button six times. Here's the shitty song, Almost Human. Ugh. See, I know you don't like this song, and I do. I like the riff in it. You don't like the, I'm almost human. (laughs) It's terrible, dude. This song is one of the worst Gene songs ever. Dude, you're crazy. And you think this song is worse than freaking, then she kissed me? Oh, yeah, it is. You're nuts. You're nuts. High on crack cocaine. No. I like that song. I like the riff. I mean... I won't go so far as to say it's one of my favorite Kiss songs. I'm not crazy, but I don't think it's that bad. And it certainly, yes, if you're going to throw it up against I Stole Your Love or uh, something like that, then yeah, it doesn't stand on its own. But it's not that bad of a song. It's certainly better than than She Kissed Me. See, it's never the riff for me because I've heard so much, especially the last four years, I've heard so much music that has been incredibly awesome. From bands, you know, people are sending us stuff all the time, right? And if you just kind of listen to the riff and the music and the driving of the drums and the great bass parts, what you find out is there's a lot of great musicians on this planet. To write a melody that is catchy enough that will catch people's ears, 
there ain't a whole hell of a lot of people that can do that. And I can send you hosts of shitty album from Sweden and Greece and Italy and America and any other place, Brazil, all these places we get these albums from that the minute the singer opens their mouth, I'm like, Oh my God, that is brutal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's why you miss so much great music because you got to have like your singing and your lyrics and your melody be perfect. And I don't, that's why I'm easier to entertain. If it's got a decent riff and I can get past the singer, like I, you know, I at least need to understand some of the shit they're saying. I mean, I like a good melody. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not as critical as you are. I can tell you El DeBarge is a hundred percent better than almost human. <laughs> and that's the problem, Pooney. That's exactly the problem. Pooney likes Elder Barge better than almost human. Yes. Kiss Army hunts him down and kills him. <laughs> Every song Backstreet Boys have done are better than almost human. Oh my God. Why exactly are you a Kiss fan? I don't understand. <laughs> So interesting little episode, a different take on some of the albums and, you know, everybody's got them. I want you guys to share them because I know that there's an album you listen to and you're like, skip, or you only downloaded eight out of the nine songs, or you were on Spotify, you made the playlist and you purposely deleted the song that you don't like. Cause I got a bunch of them like that. So I'm sure listeners do too, but we're really talking about uh, albums that you actually love. Like you really like the rest of the record, but that one song you ain't into not, not that you don't want to hear it because like, for me, like I said, I could have put every record in the eighties that had a power ballad on. I would be like, yeah, no, give me the rest of the record that rocks and skip the power ballad. But I mean, there are records where the power ballad, I tolerate, I like it, but I may skip it just because I don't want to hear slow music, but I don't think it's a bad song. I mean, docking, all the docking records are like that, Alone Again. I don't think it's a bad song, but I don't need to ever hear it again either. So I'll just skip Alone Again on Tooth and Nail. Same for stuff off of Under Lock and Key. That's one of the great things about Back for the Attack. It doesn't really have any slow songs on it. So it's like, yay. That's an awesome album. I feel so bad for Jennifer's because to get her in the mood, she shouldn't have to listen to Accept and Halloween (laughs) and Sabotage and Pretty Boy Floyd and Faster Pussycat and all this other shit that you play. Like, it's just wrong. See, Pony, that's where you fail. I don't need to put on Faster Pussycat or Hell No Ween to get Jen in the mood. I just need to be me. Oh my God. I tell you, if that works, <laughs> Jen can do way better. Sweet and sultry Steven is in wow. the house. I throw my shades on. I'm my typical charming Southern self, and it's all good. Wow. That's all that it takes. If I want to throw on a little background music, maybe a little Sinatra, maybe a little bit of uh, um, Al Green or Barry White you know, to liven up the mood, but that's it, buddy. That's it. That's all I need. Wow. Wow. You're a mess. (laughs) And you're just learning this now. What? (laughs) All right. But like I said, nice, uh, nice little episode, share yours. And, uh, we should, uh, get some interesting ones on this one. Yeah, that's right. Get in the grown up rock loud minority Facebook group and share your almost perfect records. The worst of the best, as we're calling this episode, uh, share it with us. Let us know what records are perfect to you, except for this one piece of steaming crap that you just can't stand off that record. Share it up until next week. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. We will talk to you later. See ya later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.